Hey guys, welcome back to the Hit Up podcast. Today we have Oliver from Everything Rugby League, one of my colleagues, and also Rugby League in my opinion. How are you doing today, Ollie? I'm doing well, Josh. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's really good to see you. We did a podcast together, what was it, like six months to a year ago, my first ever podcast, and yeah, how have you been since? Uh, yeah, not too much has changed. Still working for everything Rugby League, as you said, and still uh, getting the content out there for Rugby League, in my opinion, on the socials, of course, and uh, also the YouTube channel, which has been a lot of fun. So, yeah, not much has changed. Yeah, you sort of look the same as well, and so do I, I feel. So, yeah, let's get into it. So, normally we have Connor and Liam on, but they're both... Liam's sick and Connor's having technical issues, so it's just going to be me and Oliver today, but... I'm going to have to take control of Connor's set of six segment where he asks just quick six quickfire questions and you just answer one-word answers or whatever you feel. So if you were starting an NRL always... franchise, which player would you start it off with? Which player would I start an NRL franchise off with? That's a good question. I feel like I want to bring someone in. Sorry if this is a bit of a long answer, but off the top of my head, I sort of have to talk myself through this. Um, the player a lot of people go for is Kalen Ponger, and I understand it. Obviously, a younger player who's got all the talent in the world, I guess not necessarily always able to show it off at Newcastle, uh, but he's got that X factor about him. The only problem is I feel like if you're building around someone, you want a more established talent. Um, and I know he's already pretty established in his own right, but I mean, someone sort of hitting their prime, sort of mid to late 20s, someone who's done it all before, and someone maybe looking for that new challenge, I would genuinely go with James Tedesco, who I know this is a bit of a controversial one, as he's not won the Dalian medal since 2019, and Tom Trevojevic had an amazing season in 2021 for me in terms of consistency over a prolonged period. So I'd say probably over the past three to four seasons now, James Tedesco has consistently played at a level that other players are yet to match. Nathan Cleary is very close to it. Tom Trevojevic, if he can stay injury-free over the next couple of years, I think will be up there too. But I've got to go James Tedesco because for me personally still, he is the best player in the world in terms of consistency over that prolonged period. Yeah, definitely a good option. When I see people do that, they tend to go with the younger guys, but I don't get why you wouldn't go with a guy like Tedesco. So next one is early 2022 Premier's prediction. Has to be the Sydney Roosters for me. It's their competition to lose. When I first made this prediction, I think it was sort of like November, so it was a little while ago. I thought it would be a bit of a dark horse prediction, but honestly, I think I've seen more people tip the Roosters to win the comp than anyone, and it makes sense. If you look at the top eight from 2021, every single team except for the Roosters has regressed in some way, shape or form. Now, that doesn't mean the Roosters are the only team who can win the Premiership. I still think that the Panthers and the Storm are genuine contenders as well. But I think if you look at, on paper, teams regressing and progressing, you've got to say the Roosters are the only team from the top eight that have progressed, not only because of the players they have coming back through injury, but they've made some savvy signings on the market as well. Paul Momrowski and, in the end, Kevin Nagama come to mind because I think he'll end up starting on the wing for the Roosters this year. Yeah, 100%. I'm seeing a lot of Roosters, which is... Going to be an interesting season, I reckon, which is good. And going to the reverse end of the table, wooden spoon prediction. 
I have not been this confident in a wooden spoon prediction in a long time. So, and for this club, it's with all due respect. It's just honestly how I feel. And I've never seen yet a team so unanimously picked to win the wooden spoon, at least. Well, it's not as unanimous as the premiership prediction, I'd say, but there are many people, including myself, tipping the North Queensland Cowboys to win the wooden spoon this year. It just... They seem to be out of the headlines a fair bit just because they're not a central Sydney-based club. Uh, as you're a Warrior supporter and I'm a Titan supporter, we probably understand this too. We're sort of a bit out of the the media limelight, if yeah. you will. You know, Brisbane are sort of... Uh, they're in Brisbane. They're the Brisbane Broncos. They're going to get a lot of media attention. All the Sydney-based clubs are as well. The Cowboys have been, for lack of a better term, crap for a while now but they've never seemed to be oh the cowboys are in crisis mode right we've never really had that whereas the eels look like they're not going to finish in the top four one year so it's disaster for them in terms of a a team with the least prospects for the next three to five years and a team who has consistently been bad for the past three years i guess you could say the cowboys are that team i think they're in a bit more of a shambles than a lot of people realize and i think it's sort of going to hit that rock bottom in 2022 Fingers crossed for the Cowboys fans. After that, they start rebuilding. But I think this is where we hit rock bottom with the Cowboys in 2022. Yeah, I definitely hope they are because Connor, my cousin, who's um, on the podcast, one of the podcast hosts, him and I have done a, a bet on who's going to finish high between our teams, the Warriors or the Cowboys. And whoever loses has to put... Because he lives in Auckland, I live in Wellington. Whoever loses has to book a flight for the other person. So... I, I told him, I'm like, I don't rate the Cowboys this year. He's like, we can make top eight with our team. I'm thinking, I don't think so. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, you, you look at the Cowboys' best player, right? It was Jason Taumalolo. Look at how he was used in 2021. First of all, he managed to break both hands on different occasions. I don't know how. There's actually been rumours as to his injuries and what's going on there. I don't know. Fact of the matter is, during 2021, he managed to break both hands at different points of the year. Um, in training injuries, I believe they both were. And look at how Todd Payton was using him. With all due respect to Todd Payton as a coach, he was playing their best player off the bench some games, but for 30 minutes a game. You're not really going to get that impact you want out of Jason Taumalolo if you're playing him for 30 minutes a game. Then you look at their other players. Valentine Holmes has now officially moved to the centres, which I don't mind because I really don't think he's a fullback. But then he is given uh, the opportunity to roam. As he said, he's yeah. been given the license to Rome. So he's essentially going to be playing a centre that's going to be getting in Hamasai, Tabu Aifido, who I take it will be playing fullback, maybe Scott Drinkwater, whoever's playing there. He's just going to be getting in their way, it seems, during games. Um, and other than that, Hamasai is a good player. Look, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm trying to get Luciano Leilua this season if I can, which I do think is in the realm of possibility. There have already been rumours that the Cowboys are trying to do that, and I understand because other than Tamalolo, the Board pack is thin. Uh, I did a quiz with uh, Griffin Neem, who is one of the young Cowboys forwards coming through. I would like to see him uh, get a bit more of an opportunity. He made his debut last year in 2022, uh, a junior Kiwi as well at that. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a long answer there. I feel like I'm giving these long answers, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really confident, I guess you could say, uh, unfortunately, that the Cowboys will win the spoon this year. Yeah. This one's a quick one. You can literally just do a one-word answer. New South Wales or Queensland? Uh, New South Wales, 100%. Yeah. I, I, th- I already knew that, but just for the listeners, you know. And then the last two we like to do, 
sort of a bit outside of rugby league. So first one's favorite music artist currently. Favorite music artist currently. Um, I'm. I'm not too sure on that one. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to give you a straight answer because if you were to look at my playlist in terms of the music I listen to, it's literally all different genres yeah. from all different eras. It is absolutely nuts. Um, so I guess at the moment, I'm not really listening to current, current music at the moment in terms of music that's like really popular right now but i think didn't um a wiggle song just win the triple yeah. j well we have that over yeah what's, what, do you guys have triple j over new zealand apparently yeah. a wiggle song came first on that um yeah and i used to love the wiggles growing up as i was a kid as i'm sure most of us did so i'll just say the wiggles yeah, why not they're well. a current <laughs> artist again. and this one we always <laughs> ask we t- we tend to have the same answer pretty often well the same couple favorite fast food uh, overall, it has to be KFC. If I really thought about it, I could probably think of different food items from elsewhere, but KFC has probably been the James Tedesco for me, at least consistently good <laughs> for a prolonged period. So I'll go with KFC. Yeah, we, we seem to have either McDonald's or KFC. Those are the two options. There's some pizza in there, but that's pretty much it. But So we'll yeah. pretty much go into sort of your journey because I know a lot about your journey, but obviously our listeners might not and just sort of go behind the scenes on what it's like to run an Instagram page and stuff like that. So first thing I have for you is, did you actually play any rugby league as a kid? Yeah, I played until I was 12. So I didn't actually play any reps or anything. I didn't really have many prospects, I guess you could say, (laughs) in rugby league. But I did play in, I guess, what is sort of renowned across the country to be the top club competition in terms of juniors. I played in the Penrith competition. At first, I played for Brothers, um, who are one of the better teams in the comp. And then I went and played for my local team, who my dad played for. um, And my family's got a great history with my brother actually coached me for one of the years I was at this club. I played for Cambridge Park as well. So I played for two different clubs. For Brothers, I played between under eights and under tens. And then I went to Cambridge Park between under 11s and under 12s. When I was at Brothers, I actually played as a hooker. I actually was really good as a hooker, but I didn't like it. Like I was starting out at dummy half and doing different things at hooker and I was scoring lots of tries. But watching TV growing up, watching rugby league, and this is a lesson to the kids out there, uh, play in the position you're good at, not in the position you want to play at. You can strive for that position, but always play in the position you're good at um, because I was really good at hooker and maybe if I'd stayed there, who knows, I could have bulked up a bit, maybe been the next Cameron Smith, who knows. <laughs> but when I went to Cambridge Park, I was asked what position I wanted to play. I say I wanted to play on the wing. When I went to the wing, I didn't have a very good time at all. Well, first of all, I couldn't tackle anyway, which is probably... A good reason for being on the wing but also I wasn't getting the ball much and when I had the ball I wasn't doing much with it so yeah I was probably better off playing hooker but I chose to go to the wing and end up not enjoying rugby league that much in terms of playing it so I stopped but I'm pretty happy with how it's turned out yeah sort of similar to me I think I played one one or two years it's not really big in New Zealand and sort of you enjoy watching it more than you play I think especially with the big hits we see we've talked to a lot of people about their passion for rugby league and a lot of them have like a family member or something that got them into it. Is that the same with you or what, where does your passion for rugby league come from? Oh, it definitely have to be from family as well. As I just said, uh, my dad played for the club Cambridge Park that I played for, for a bit growing up. He actually got as far as playing 
for the Panthers in the under 23s in the early 80s. So the under 23s for uh, the younger viewers, uh, listeners or listeners around our age, that was essentially Jersey flag um, at the time or more notable Holden Cup. Uh, a lot of us remember the Holden Cup competition. That was essentially that back in the day my dad played there. So he has gotten to know um, a few players who did go on to play first grade for the Panthers and other clubs uh, throughout the 80s and 90s. But that is, that's as far as he went. But he wasn't too bad a player, put it that way, uh, at his time. And, yeah, he's the one who got me into rugby league, definitely. So, yeah, through family. Yeah. And I love a good origin story, like in movies or anything like that. When and why did you start rugby league, in my opinion? Yes, yeah, so I... I always wanted to do something. I wanted to become a rugby league journalist or or a rugby league commentator. That's where it really started out. Now, with rugby league, in my opinion, at the time, I like I sort of it, it's always sort of the trope where it's um, it's embarrassing to have your own YouTube channel in school, right, or Facebook page or something. And I won't say exactly what, but I feel like the world's changed in a certain way. Uh, with certain avenues people can go down um, in terms of social media that uh, I probably have taken the limelight or the attention off of doing a rugby league Facebook page or YouTube channel. And there's nothing wrong with that, that people are doing. That's their own thing cool. But it's definitely taken a lot of the attention and embarrassment away. Don't know if certain people know what I'm talking about, but I'm not specifically going to bring it up. But, hey, uh, uploading a podcast like you are right now or a rugby league YouTube channel or Facebook page doesn't necessarily garner that negative attention as much anymore. But at the time, it certainly did. So when I started up, uh, rugby league in my opinion the facebook page it was actually april 4th 2017 at the time i was like oh wouldn't it be funny you know just for a laugh upload a yeah you know, a facebook page that's what i was telling people at least to try and make, <laughs> make it seem feasible what i was doing but uh I, I was doing it because i was passionate about it really so I, I honestly yeah i was passionate i've always wanted to go further than rugby league in my opinion there will probably come a day where I stop uploading onto Rugby League, in my opinion, that will be when, fingers crossed, I have a full-time job doing something journalistic, I guess you could say, in Rugby League or in sports in general. But um, until then, yeah, I'm still going strong with Rugby League, in my opinion. But that's basically why I started it as sort of a platform and a creative outlet uh, to get my Rugby League thoughts and opinions out there and hopefully make a job out of it one day. Yeah. Obviously, for a full-time job, you do a lot of hours and stuff, but I assume you do a lot with Rugby League, in my opinion... How, like, this is what Liam asked, how many would you post, like, how many hours does it take per day, do you reckon, on the Instagram page? Uh, well, it depends what I'm uploading to, what I'm uploading about, obviously, like, for the past few weeks, um, if you've been, if you go onto the Instagram page and scroll down, you'll be able to notice it as a theme, but when I have, like, a series, like the one I'm doing right now, for example, which is, who comes to mind when you see this jersey, and it's literally that in a graphic, that question, and it has the jersey. Obviously, when I'm creating the graphic for the first post, it takes a long time, but it's literally, like, two minutes um, each day just to swap over 
the jersey to another team's jersey and upload it every day. It's a piece of cake. So it depends on what you're uploading. Uh, if I'm doing a YouTube video, it's obviously a lot longer. Today, I think I've filmed a couple of YouTube videos uh, for a Rugby League Live 4 career mode that I've been doing that I've enjoyed. Um, and I've got those scheduled. That took a fair bit of time editing and transferring the footage from my PlayStation over. Obviously, that's going to take a long time. So it depends, uh, first of all, what you're uploading. So if it's like a YouTube video or something or uh, just a regular post and what's in the actual post itself. So, for example, the series that I'm doing at the moment, yeah, it takes a couple of minutes. If I want to get something up with a lot of stats, well, I've got to get the stats up and I've got to put them in order and try to make it look pretty and that can take an hour or so. So it, it really varies day to day, probably around 10 minutes. Yeah. So I'd say probably the most glamorous thing about our writing job and probably podcasting as well as the interviews and the people you get to meet and stuff like that, people you get to talk to. Obviously, you've had some great interviews over the years. Which ones stand out and how great are those experiences for your development? Yeah, good question. Well, probably still, and no interview in particular, I would say, is better than the other they're different and that's a fun thing it's like i interview a lot of like lower grade players from over in england for example or i interview super league players and sometimes they get asked like what enjoyment do you get out of interviewing those guys in particular as opposed to if you got like a cameron smith for example it's like put it this way i would still love to interview cameron smith and it would obviously be awesome to talk to him about his career but i feel like us over here in australia we probably know a lot more about Cameron Smith's career than someone who's maybe playing in a second division team over in England, right? Yeah. So it's sort of like you're learning more. You're you're broadening your range of knowledge. I did an interview with Jesse Senalafo, who's a former NRL player the other day, uh, well, sorry, probably about a month ago now, and he's over at Featherston, who are a second-tier team over in the UK. He was talking to me as to why he signed with Featherston because he's only just joined them and started talking about a story about like Featherston's culture, not in rugby league, but as a city and like how the town started. And that's like, <laughs> that's something yeah. I'm learning. So I feel like you get more knowledge out of these sort of interviews. Um, one that I always hold close to my heart, if I had to pick one, would probably be my interview with Christian Freed. Now, not a lot of people know him. I wouldn't think he played fullback for the USA in two World Cups in 2013 and in 2017. I originally interviewed him for Everything Rugby League as well, but he's someone who I've sort of stayed in contact with a bit uh, through his podcast as well. He has an, his own weekly podcast, uh, Any Given Monday, shout out to them. But it's sort of, he, he's sort of become a bit of a friend and he's actually introduced me to other people through the podcast and through the club he plays for, West Mitchell, who I've become friends with as well. So that sort of had that connection, that knock-on effect. And I can trust whenever I start a new series or anything like that on the YouTube channel or podcast, I can always trust him to come on as a guest, provide entertaining answers, tell entertaining stories, and to actually genuinely want to be there and have fun. Uh, which I think most people I interview do, but obviously because he's a recurring person and I've sort of gotten that little bit of relationship with him now, um, I can always, he can be a go-to and he's just an amazing guy and I'm really glad I got to interview him as well because his story's interesting, playing over in the US, uh, playing Queensland Cup over here in Australia as well. Um, so I would say if I had to pick one, I, again, this is a long-winded answer, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Christian Freed, definitely. Yeah, we don't mind the long-winded yeah. answers, it's good. But the, 
I, I would agree with that because us three boys, we we probably started this like six months ago, and I'd be like to the boys, oh, we've got this guy coming, and they'd be like, who's that? Who's that? And then we'd do the podcast, and they think it's amazing, and they're like, that was the like an amazing chat. And then you get guys that they've heard of really expecting it to be amazing, like even views wise as well, and it's like not as you know what I mean. Like it's sort of de- like views wise, it changes, and just like. I feel like you're right. With certain guys we've had, you answer the mainstream questions that everyone already has asked them before. Where it's a lot, I enjoy it a lot more when it's the sort of guys no one really knows about, and you can ask questions that have never been asked before, and they can give good answers. Yeah, well, what I've um, I usually do with my interviews, um, people obviously usually take notes. Okay, I'm going to ask this question, that question. I was doing that at first, but I ended up realizing that you get halfway through the interview, at least for me, and you end up talking about something different or you don't ask all the questions. So what I do, I literally, I don't write anything. I don't have notes or anything for an interview or anything. I literally will just, before I message the player, I'll find a player who I think, oh, that's a bit interesting. I'll hear something about them or whatever. And I will actually go online even if I just do a quick look at their Wikipedia page, right, or something like that, just to see, okay, this player played to this club, that club, that club between this period, or I'll go into the Rugby League project, which is a bit more in-depth and a bit more verified. So I'll usually go Rugby League project just to see who they played for, how many games, oh, okay, they played during this period, oh, this period, oh, that's right, that club won a premiership during this period. Did he play in that? Oh, he did. Cool, we could talk about that. It's just stuff off the top of my head, Um that I sort of go off of and it's a quick search and then I message them and I will ask if they can do the interview and I'll sort of give a little bit about something I specifically want to talk about but um, and then we'll go do the interview. But lately as well, I've been doing a lot of quizzes, um, as I said, uh, for Rugby League, in my opinion, on the YouTube channel and I actually find that's probably a, a lot... better. Well, it, it's different because doing an interview on a quiz is different but I feel like the players get more out of it or the people you're actually interviewing get more out of a quiz because it's interactive and it's funny if you look at the quizzes even with players sometimes players um think okay i'll do this quiz whatever um see how i go they're not obviously overly interested or into it at the start right which you can understand they're doing me a favor but when you get one or two questions in you see the change in demeanor and that's what i really like and they sort of Rugby league players, right? They're competitive. So that competitive nature actually comes out and they really want to get these questions right, even for this insignificant thing. You know, it, 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 I find that cool. So, yeah, if anyone out there wants to check them out, they're on the Rugby League, in my opinion, YouTube channel. Um, but just before we move on, I also wanted to bring up, we were talking before um, about uh, Chasing Kangaroos, Michael Carboni. Um, I actually did some vlogs for Chasing Kangaroos alongside Phil Brown, who is the other head guy alongside Michael Carboni there. And I got to go to watch it was uruguay versus brazil in february last year got to go to el salvador versus peru interviewing players being in the sheds before and after the game getting full access to those guys and also turkey versus the australian defense force which was awesome because that was the game preceding the 2021 anzac day game between the roosters and the dragons so i got to go in the sheds 
at the Sydney Cricket Ground with the Turkish team. Shout out to them. They allowed us full access to them. Got to go out on the field with them as they were training. Got to be on the field on Anzac Day at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And then I got to watch the Roosters vs Dragons in the stands afterwards. Got a free ticket to that. So it's also the opportunities that come from all this and the people you meet and the opportunities that they can give you. And hopefully in turn, you can give them. Yeah. I, I watched quite a few of those ones. I enjoy them so much on the YouTube channel. Those guys like Carbs and Brown, like they just seem like such good guys and they seem like they have a massive passion for international rugby league. That's what I love about them, you know? It's yeah. Oh yeah, I And were you for all of them or just those ones you mentioned? Uh, just the ones I mentioned. Yeah. I was supposed to go to the one that they recently did, which was Macedonia, who were coached, co-coached by yeah. Paul Gallen and um, Shane Flanagan, and they versed, I think it was Vietnam. I know they're versing Malta soon, which I'm hoping to get to. Um, I was, look, I was supposed to go and do that. Unfortunately, I had other commitments come up, but um, Alexander Volkanovsky, obviously a UFC world champion, was at the game supporting Macedonia, and they got to interview him, so I... Missed the opportunity to possibly interview uh, Alex Volkanovsky, but uh, that's all good. You know, yeah. they, these things happen, but I was meant to be there. I wasn't there. There have been a couple of others that I couldn't get to either, but those three I was at. So if you just scroll through, or if you go, I think they'll have the playlist with the different vlogs. I'm in the first few of them. Yeah. Us three um, for the podcast are massive advocates of international rugby league, especially in New Zealand, just because us three, we're, we're all right rugby union fans, but we're not diehards like the whole country so it's like we're trying to convince people to start watching league games so it is great to watch those especially those little countries that don't really seem like they have much of following but they get some like quite big crowds for those games so it's great great to see obviously um everything rugby league was a big break for both of us how did that come about for you so I originally, so this is late 2019, I was messaged by someone from Serious About Rugby League, a different website, and I worked with them for about a month. I'd say that unfortunately uh, they had a sponsor drop out. It wasn't because of anything anyone in particular did. They just had a sponsor stop sponsoring them so they couldn't afford to keep me on and that was fine. But from that, like before that, I was going to uni in 2019, right? And I thought, okay, I'm going to go to uni for three years, then I'm going to start looking for a job. But when Serious About Rugby League contacted me and I worked with them for a little bit, I then developed that passion. Oh, I can start working and get paid to be a journalist in rugby league now. So I started looking elsewhere and it was actually Michael Carboni from Chasing Rooms, Ruse who actually messaged me and said, because Everything Rugby League is obviously an international rugby league website too, um, got in contact with me and said, hey, give these guys a message. And I did and worked things out. And now I've been there. This month will be two years, which is crazy since I've been at Everything Rugby League. I absolutely love working for everything rugby league i've said to our boss a couple of times that in a perfect world i would just do this full time and i'd live off of doing this um unfortunately i know eventually i'm going to need something full time um as i said and that's why i'll eventually stop rugby league in my opinion i do hope one day though maybe fingers crossed maybe um I could work at everything rugby league full-time and be a full-time journalist there. I think that'd be pretty cool because I absolutely love the people I work with there. I've gotten to speak to pretty much all of our colleagues, which is, it's absolutely insane because we have people writing from different countries 
Like, it, it, it's just insane. It's a great setup that we have there. And, yeah, I'm just looking forward to hopefully being there for years to come and maybe continuing to work my way up at everything rugby league and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I loved it personally just because it gave me, like, a forum to talk about my opinions about rugby league. But I think one thing that the podcast that I have hasn't gotten yet, but I had definitely got in a few of my first articles was the but not hate, but few negative comments. How do you deal with those negative comments we sometimes get, depending on the article? Um, I probably get more negative comments on rugby league, in my opinion. It, it has happened with everything rugby league, but it's rare because people are usually more talking about the topic itself, not the person writing the article. It depends. If I'm writing an opinion piece on something, I think, then, yeah, more people are probably going to say. But uh, especially over the past few months, it's mainly been news. So I've not really gotten much on everything rugby league. Look, with rugby league, in my opinion, at least, at first I was replying to all the negative comments and getting into fights, and it really wasn't good. I've just learned over time. It, it's not something you can really te- teach yourself in a way. you just got to sort of let it happen. Eventually, you sort of do just get over the negative comments and the better you get at doing stuff, which we're all getting better, we're all learning, um, the less, at least I don't get as many negative comments on stuff, right, everything rugby league or rugby league, in my opinion, as opposed to two years ago. I think part of that's maybe because I have gotten a bit better at what I do and there's been less um, criticism, I guess you could say, from the masses. But, um, yeah, it's like, look, tomorrow if I put out my predictions right for the 2022 NRL season not everyone's going to agree I'm going to get people bagging me like it also depends on what you post as well I just tend to not look at it for a few hours at least after I've posted then I might go back and scroll through and have a bit of a laugh but it doesn't happen as often as it used to but honestly it's just not looking at stuff or looking at it and trying to take it lightheartedly and knowing that it's just some random person at the end of the day who's saying it who could be going through their own problems or whatever, you have no idea. So sort of best to just laugh it off and and leave it, I reckon. Yeah. I think one of my problems is is that I do, like, opinion pieces on the Warriors and the Kiwis, which is the diehard fans, and they can write massive paragraphs about you didn't put this person in your team of the decade and stuff like that, and it's like... Okay, but one thing I noticed about your writing that I think I need to get a bit better at is the neutral presence that you seem to have, and I think rugby league, in my opinions, probably help you with that, is that obviously, big Warriors fan, big Titans fan, it's hard for me to talk not as a Warriors fan for articles, if you get what I mean. How have you sort of dealt with that as a Titans fan? Oh, well, for me, it's pretty easy because my team usually sucks, so <laughs> um, I, I don't really have many many bragging rights. Um I don't know, it's just weird. Like, I obviously love my team. I support my team. But at the end of the day, I think I'm still able to separate rugby league fandom from what I do as well. And it's just something I've always sort of been able to do. I Also, it's weird. If anything, if I go to write anything positive about the Titans or post anything positive about them... Um, I do sometimes feel a bit weird, like, oh, is this too much, even though I've not written anything about them in five months, let's say, even if it's one nice thing. But it doesn't usually come through. I've probably not been called a biased Titans fan, at least for two years now, (laughs) I guess. And, yeah, I just don't... 
Yeah, I, I don't really, it, it's never really been a hard thing for me. I, I don't quite know how to answer how to balance that per se, but yeah, it, it's just, I've always sort of been able to go, okay, right now, I think it's easy for me to separate myself from my fandom. I, I guess I would say like that. I, I'm more, I'm able to palette being neutral a lot more I can separate myself a lot easier but when I am in Titans fan mode I'm all in I'm as passionate as anyone but I think it's just a bit easier for me when I need to to separate myself from that yeah yeah and you said the Titans normally are doing bad but you guys are definitely on the up now making the eight last year you've made a few sort of like not major signings but like Isaac Leo Paul Turner how do you think you guys will go this season I've actually got the Titans missing the top eight this year. Just, I think I've got them ninth or tenth. Um, that's a little preview, I guess, for when my ladder predictions come out. Although I've got to wait for the NRL ladder predictor to um, to come out because I, I, this year I want to do game by game, literally go through every game and pick a margin so I can get a, a set ladder with points and for and against and everything. But the Titans, they're, they're going to be one of those teams, I think, still similar to last year. They're going to finish somewhere between 7th and 10th. They're either just going to make it or just miss out. I, I just get the feeling they might just miss out. But it, I don't really see it as a huge step backwards. But even being a Titans fan, I'm not over, I'm not going to be overly upset if they just miss the top eight because I feel like there's something building towards the future within the next five years, especially with the young players who came through last year in particular. There's something building. It's just a case of in this particular year, I think there are other clubs who were below the Titans who have recruited a bit better than them and are looking better for 2022 who might pip them to a spot in the top eight. But I'm not crying um, crisis mode or anything. Uh, I still trust in Justin Holbrook. I think we just sort of got to give it a couple of years and during this period, we're going to probably, for the next couple of years, either just make the eight or just miss out. But as long as that progression's happening, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, I was talking to my dad, I think, a couple of days ago and he was like, I think us Warriors can make the eight this year. And I explained to him, like, pretty much every team in the bottom eight has gotten better like maybe a couple teams haven't, but pretty much every team has made some good signings from the top, bottom eight, which means obviously some of the top eight might drop out. But I was trying to explain to him that it's not just that simple that if your team's recruited well, you're going to get better. If your team's recruited bad, you're going to get worse. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's a case of like you look, the Broncos have recruited well. Um, the Sharks have recruited well. Those are two teams off the bat. Canberra have got themselves a halfback in Jamal Fogarty and they've still got half, pretty much half the side they had in the 2019 grand final. Like It's not like they can't be good or anything they can, so they're a bit of a wild card there as well. Uh, and, and there are other teams who are sort of quietly down there who could realistically surprise people and maybe push for the top eight or be down there like the dragons and tigers have made some signings as well so they're a bit of they're both they're sort of my wildcard teams a little bit i'm not tipping them to make the top eight or anything but i'm sort of it's like the tigers and dragons i would be as surprised if they finished last as i would be if they finished ninth you know what i mean yeah. like or 
but or expect it sort of the same. It's it's really hard to sort of pick those two teams in particular. So they could be up there. There's yeah, there's a whole bunch of variables. Um, the only thing that I think is really a safe bet, and I'm sorry to sort of um, kick a dog while it's down after I brought it up before. I think the only thing that's sort of a safe bet is that the Cowboys will finish last. Honestly, like I think they're sort of in their own level, and then there's a few teams above that might be fighting it out. But um, yeah, that's how I sort of see it. Yeah. Well, Connor was actually going to ask this question to you. He, um, The reason he got into the Cowboys was he was a massive JT fan and then all the times they got rolled back in the day. He wanted to ask you, who is your favourite Titans player of all time and what is your favourite moment as a Titans fan? Well, I've spoken before about how my favourite player of all time is Michael Gordon, who's jersey you'll be able to see behind there he was gracious enough to send me inside um but he only spent the last two years of his career at the titans uh played for many different clubs so i will go for someone who was more impactful as titan i've always loved scotty brintz um inaugural captain he was the captain when we went the furthest we ever have in an NRL season, the prelim final in 2010. We finished top four that year during the club's most successful period. And he also played State of Origin, I believe, for Queensland. He was the Queensland halfback for a game in 2008 whilst he was playing for the Titans. And I think maybe he was that was he was the Titans' first ever representative player. I'm not too sure on that. Maybe, I think he might have played a game for Australia in the World Cup or something as well while he was at the Titans. He might have been the first Titan to play for Australia. Um, But yeah, I think for me, it's definitely got to be Scott Prince. If you ask most Titans fans, it's going to be one of three players, Scott Prince, Preston Campbell, or Matt Rogers. They they were the big three back in the day for the Titans and the stuff they were able to do at the club and how quickly they were able to progress from 07 to 2010. Obviously, there was a drop off after that uh, a lot of it comes down to them yeah yeah so obviously our two teams are the only current nrl clubs to not have a premiership who do you think gets it first i think the titans personally i'm going to say that do you think the titans will get one before the warriors or well, it'll probably be the dolphins let's be honest they'll be yeah. one before yeah. either <laughs> of us. But, uh, oh look it, it's hard to say because i've always been of the opinion that If you're trying to predict anything other than a year in the future in the NRL, you're basically guessing because how many times do we see players leave clubs mid-contract, clubs who are up there drop down, Canberra, for example. Um, It's just there's so many things that happen. But So I'm, I'm going to say this. If we go off of the current climate of the NRL, one would probably have to predict that the Titans are closer to a premiership than the Warriors. Hey, that could mean in two years the Warriors have the five next best players in NRL history come into the team. They signed three all-star players, the Titans, I don't know, Fafita walks, Tino walks halfway through the contract and the Warriors win the comp. Like that, <laughs> That's yeah. a possibility too. But as I said, if we're looking at the current projection of the NRL, um, how things currently are, the current state of play, then you'd have to say the Titans are closer to a premiership than the Warriors, yes. Yeah, I would agree. I saw some TikTok today. I know you're a bit of a football fan as well. Like, imagine seeing photos of this in 2016. It was like Messi and Ramos at PSG. Like, that's you could do the same thing with the NRL, you know. Like, can just change so quickly. Like, players go to different teams. And, yeah, I definitely agree. So um, 
us three, me, Connor, and Liam, the podcast guys, we play PlayStation PS4 together pretty much every night. We've become pretty excited to hear about this new rugby league game that's being rumoured around. What have you heard about it so far? Uh, I don't think it's a rumour anymore. I think it it's, it's it's weird. It's yet to be confirmed, but it pretty much is. So Sean Bloor, uh, West Tigers player, I think he ended up deleting it and probably got a bit of a slap on the wrist. But um, he actually took photos of the Tigers getting scans um, <laughs> for... Um, the new game and uploaded them to his Instagram story and <laughs> put captions of certain players being rated 69 overall on that. So it's like, what else is it going to be for? It, it, we're getting a new game. Um, the NRLC, for ages I had people messaging stuff to me and saying certain things like, uh, literally for the past two years I've had people messaging me these emails that they've gotten from the NRL and that they've emailed the NRL and the NRL sent them an email back saying the new game's being created, uh, developed under new developers. I'm not too sure about that because I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this guy. He's um, a, a close friend of mine. It's crazy because I used to watch his videos growing up, Mr. Luke Sports, who's yeah. one of the top rugby league gaming YouTubers. I spoke to him about this. I was like, do you, do you know anything about this? He's like, no, not really. And I think he actually emailed the NRL and he didn't get anything back like so i'm not sure the validity of those but it does actually look like we are getting a new game and recently uh big ant i believe it was who were the developers uh their founder came out and said that they are not developing the next rugby league game and neither is wicked witch who i think is a subsidiary of them or something but they've also like developed rugby league games in the past it's someone completely different a lot of people are saying it could be ea or 2k I think that's very unlikely yeah. because you put it this way. I know people say, but, oh, EA used to make rugby league games back in the 90s. Yeah, they did make rugby league games back in the 90s and they stopped. Um, put it this way, EA Sports, for example, they do FIFA, they do UFC, they do Madden. Those are games that make millions and millions, I'd argue maybe billions of dollars, right? They are for sports that are renowned worldwide if you're creating a rugby league game it's probably going to be popular in the east of australia the north of england maybe the south of france as well and in auckland and new zealand and parts of new zealand obviously those aren't the not the only places but those are the main places where you're going to be selling your games not worldwide you're going to make a lot less money unless there's a, an ea department in australia and EA says, okay, EA Australia, you guys develop this game. You guys are in control. We'll, we'll deal with the big games, let's be yeah. honest. Um, and there, there's a chance there. And you know what? If EA did give that power to their Australian subsidiary, if you will, to develop a game, they're not going to have as big a budget as a FIFA or something. They're going to be given a shorter budget, probably still a bigger budget than rugby league games have been working with. So it'll definitely be a better game. But I just think we sort of need to have more realistic expectations with who's actually going to develop this game. I think we're going to have a new developer. They could be Australian-based. Who knows? All I'm hoping for is a good game. It doesn't have to be EA 2K or Bust, um, which I've seen people say they want EA to develop the game or they're not going to buy it. Well, that's a bit silly in my opinion, yeah. but... We're getting a new game, hopefully out by the end of 2022, I think. And I just hope it's good at the end of the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think yeah, I if there's content for people to be able to use and like people be able to post stuff, it just brings so much buzz to the game where I feel like past through a rug few rugby league lives, it's like 
first month it's a bit fun, but there's always too many glitches and then the rosters update like the next season normally they have they don't update their rosters so just hopefully it's a clean game you know um finally last question oliver are there any key goals for your career so like is there any milestones you want to have for your career in rugby league or are you sort of just playing it by ear i guess the main one that i'm sort of aiming for within the next i'd say probably within the next year and a half i want to be settled at in it at least in journalism i want to have a full-time job that's the aim i just want something full-time because um i'm not too far away within the next couple of years from moving out of home needing you know to be making a consistent income so a lot of that comes into it as well but i also want to be doing what i enjoy i also want to do something like i really enjoy and that's journalism so i'm sort of hell-bent at least for the next um, couple of months or so just looking for you know opportunities and working my ass off with everything rugby league um but the focus is at the moment everything rugby league and just writing as many articles as i can per month and trying you know eventually to get a full-time job in rugby league journalism and i guess at the moment that's the key goal that's the focus get a, a full-time job in rugby league journalism but not not even necessarily rugby league as you said we watch football i uh, like other sports too just something in sports journalism that i can enjoy and i want to be able to do that full-time and be able to live off of it so i guess that's the main goal now that's sort of where i'm at yeah sweet Thank, thanks yeah. for coming on mate like really appreciate it we i've said this so many times on the podcast before it's Really hard to find guests that are interesting for the viewers and also interested to come on to our podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Wish you all the best for the future and we'll definitely be talking again sometime this season about some article or something like that. But yeah, thanks so much, Matt. Really appreciate it. Oh, good. My pleasure.